0: This is the Savage Fincast, episode zero. Ooh, uh, Is this the origin episode? This is the origin <laughs> episode. Pilot, as you will. Excellent. Um, my name is Jim. Uh, I'm a Savage Dragon fan. I'm Craig, also a Savage Dragon fan. And
1: this is Nick Justice, long-time Savage Dragon fan.
0: Well, and uh, th- this is uh, this is going to be a podcast dedicated to our favorite comic, Savage Dragon, and uh, I guess we'll uh, do some introductions. Nick, would you go first? Yes,
1: I'm Nick Justice, I'm currently 32 years old, <laughs> um, living in New Jersey. I've been a Eric Larson fan b- even before Savage Dragon, and it was just a natural progression once he... Help found image and start Savage Dragon up. I was aboard, been aboard the Savage Dragon ship since the beginning. Love every minute of it. Craig? Yes, I'll go.
2: Yeah, um, Craig from Philly. Um, I was into Savage Dragon from the beginning as well, but I before that was a huge Eric Larson fan from. Probably uh, 1989 or 90 when I was in junior high, really got into his amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man stuff. Um, I missed the whole McFarlane Spider-Man and jumped in right towards the end with Larson, and I just always felt that Larson was one of the coolest artists I've ever saw. So, kind of stuck with him, and and I'm glad that you know you became my favorite artist because he's just a guy that's always stuck with the comic art form and. It's just been a joy to kind of follow him through Savage Dragon. Um, I stopped collecting comics probably right after high school in the late mid to late 90s. And then once I got a job after college and could afford to start buying comics again, I jumped back on around Savage Dragon, uh, I want to say 76, the Savage World beginning. and was uh, just... Instantly wrapped up in it again and couldn't put it down. And to this day, I uh, look forward to every new issue. So I'm happy to be part of this podcast. And, uh, you know, this Eric Larson and Savage Dragons brought a lot of uh, joy uh, my way, a lot of entertainment. So I love spreading
0: the word. Hey, my name is Jim. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the baby of the group because uh, I didn't start reading Savage Dragon until about issue 90. Back in, like, 2001, I believe, it came out. Uh, I had just gotten out of high school and was in college and had a job. And Even though I'd read comics for a number of years, I wasn't really into comics because of accessibility reasons, Cause just, except for whenever a comic showed up on the gas station magazine shelf, I didn't really have any way to get to a comic shop. Um, I don't know, I picked up issue 90 on a whim, because at the time I was kind of a Marvel guy, read a lot of X-Men, but I wasn't really happy reading that, and I think in a lot of ways, Savage Dragon and Eric Larson in particular did a lot to get me into independent comics as a whole. Uh, see, I actually avoided Image Comics a lot in the 90s because it kind of represented the sort of kind of embarrassment, embarrassing imagery that I didn't really care for. All the you know the big-breasted ladies and the and the <laughs> muscle-bound men, and I I just wrote them all off as junk comics. But I got into Image Comics through Savage Dragon, and uh, I kind of learned my from my mistake that you kind of got to pick and choose to find where the good stuff is or what, uh, you know, is good to your taste. And I owe a lot to, you know, Eric and his comic to uh, broaden my horizons in that respect. Just curious, what,
2: Savage Dragon 90, what was the... What issue was was the cover?
0: That was the cover. It was all black, and Dragon and Frank were standing over Alex's grave. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I remember you telling me that before. See, I watched (laughs) some of the Savage Dragon cartoon when I was really young, so I knew who Alex was, and for some reason that cover grabbed my attention to wonder, why is she dead? Even though I really didn't know anything about the character beyond the cartoon. So you can, I guess you can say the cartoon got me into the comic.
2: That's, that's just funny. It's funny to me because I totally got out of the comic for a while after high school and missed the whole cartoon, and it's just funny to hear, you know, the viewpoint from somebody that, you know, got into Savage Dragon at issue 90 where I know there was a big fan shift where people, you know, a lot of the fans were displeased with the whole Savage World art. And for those that don't know, where... Issue seventy-six, when, when Eric almost kind uh, of, in a way, rebooted the series, you know, it, it lost a, a chunk of the fan base. It's just resistance to change. So it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to hear your, uh,
0: your view on things as we uh, progress through these podcasts. So exciting month actually uh, for Eric Larson news. Yeah, pretty big month. Yeah, all that, uh, Extreme Comics, is apparently back again and I have
1: never purchased an issue of Supreme but this I will because it's Eric
0: yep (laughs) pretty much I mean I've never read. I think the only experience I've ever had with Supreme is in his appearances in the Vanguard series
2: I picked up I think the first maybe three issues of Supreme way back when it first came out probably I want to say it's got to be around 94 or 93 or something yeah and to be honest, I don't remember much about it, but I could probably tell
0: you there probably wasn't much to it. <laughs> <laughs> was life the original writer on that, or when did Alan Moore come around? I mean, I, I was out by issue three, so I missed
2: the whole interaction with Van Gaudert, and I don't know, you know, I'm sure Whitefield maybe drew the first couple of issues, or maybe not even, and <laughs> then had this ghost artist cover, but I, you know, I was I was, to be honest I was a little disappointed when I heard that Eric was going to be taking over Supreme because I knew there was some kind of mystery project coming up and when I heard it was Supreme I was like "Eh." but then you know I heard he was going to be working off more script for the first one and then it sounds like he's going to have free reign so I'm I'm more interested now and then I I saw the first couple pages of art and and it looks pretty decent
0: it's nice to see a different inker
1: who's doing the finishes on that who's inking it
0: uh hold on I got my copy here somewhere.
1: Because it looked it looked really good. You could tell that Eric penciled it and someone First really answer.
2: Corey did the Thor backup and what was it? Maybe issue one fifty was it? Mm. Okay. Remember yeah. which one um it's the one where was it Thor?
0: Is it Dimension X? Yeah. With so one? I, think, I think so. They kind of kind of segued into the Thor's issue in uh, the right, right, action. right, and, and Corey kind of had that.
2: It almost looked like a McFarlane feel to it, but um, his inks look really good on Larson, and you know, uh, it's, it's nice to see uh, Larson
0: get inked by somebody else once in a while. Yeah, I, I yeah, think. I agree. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's it, it to me it is obviously Eric Larson. Some people said the eyes look a little different than what he usually does, but... I would agree, but when you look at those poses, it's Larson, no doubt.
2: Yeah. You, you look at, you know, just, you can tell when when Eric lays
1: out an issue. Even with Bill Sinkevich's inks and this dark yeah. backup, <laughs> I was yeah. like, wow. And uh, issue 175, I'm... Just checking that out right now.
2: Right, which I think was didn't that story also appear in one of the Image
1: United preludes. I thought so. I said, "This looks familiar." I can't remember yeah, I think where. It was Image
0: United three. It was a backup feature. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, it's it's it has appeared before, but like for the first time in Savage Dragon. Yeah, Did anyone
2: else? Also, I think Bill also inked uh, one of his uh,
1: backups on issue one hundred, right? believe so well, that's possible yeah. did anyone else ever pick up the uh, McSweeney's yeah what yeah, is it's McSweeney's
0: it's I sort of didn't really pay attention to what and that was going on when that was running what, what exactly is McSweeney's I just
1: got that one issue that the uh, Eric's braino Savage Dragon story appeared in I just you know ordered my it's copy it's online for that it's a comic
2: no it's it's a magazine that comes out and I I think they're based out of San Francisco or something, and the magazine, it's usually, I think it's usually magazine style, and I think yeah. for that one issue, they decided to do it newspaper style.
0: Huge newspaper style. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the reprint sort of looked like it was downscaled a little bit.
2: Yeah, it was downscaled a lot. If you yeah. looked at the original strip, it was like you were reading a regular-sized newspaper. I mean, almost like the, what was that? Wednesday the comics? Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday comic style in a way. Um, so picture that Savage Dragon spread that's in, you know, on, on that Brano back up on, on uh, 175. Picture that spread on like a full size newspaper. Yeah. And it was it's a sight to behold. I mean, if you can get your hands on a copy, I highly suggest it just for those, you know, two, was it two pages? Is it two pages?
1: In the McSweenies, I think. I, I think, think it's so.
2: Yeah. In the middle with the strips on the top and the bottom.
1: Yeah, that's the way it was. But um, so, pretty so it was just a
0: two-page spread, but he split it up for the comic. For the yeah, yeah.
1: There's no
2: way
0: he would have fit it, you know. Wow, that's interesting. I did not realize that. Yeah, like I said, it, it's definitely something you should try if you're a
2: Savage Dragon fan and like me, a completest nerd. It's it's well worth,
1: you know, trying to find one on eBay yeah, or something. I shall do just that. I wanted to get two copies so I could take one and just for the enormity of it and frame it and <coughs> have it hanging up because it was so cool. But not that rich. Not so that it. rich.
2: <laughs> when you do look at that that spread with you know Savage Dragon, his hand popping out. It just makes you want to see, like, a Savage Dragon 3D issue. I would love, you know, Eric to kind of do that old-school style, like, 3D comic with Savage
1: Dragon. I think that would be kind of neat.
0: With his hand reaching out like it's going to crush your head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hands up. Oh, yeah, I I see that he lettered it, too. Hand-lettered. Eric Larson lettering. That's
0: right. My my personal uh, favorite. Do you really like it? I really like it. I think it adds an extra level of artistic merit to the whole production because the, the lettering is actually then becomes part of his artwork, and it adds that extra level of energy. At least that's uh, sort of how I feel about it.
2: I'm a little on the opposite end. I I think there's you know Eric does it pretty much all, but I I'm not a fan of the lettering. I think we because we've been spoiled by you know Chris. Eliopoulos, or however you say his last name, I'm not really sure. Man. And John Workman. I, I think, you know,
0: their lettering, you know, he's been lettered by the best. Yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, it, it has good lettering every yeah. issue because he does work with the best. Yeah.
2: I, I You know, I do enjoy his indie stuff, like when he does his, like, you know, two in one stuff with his hand lettering or you know, whatever little wacky things he does in you know, anthologies. I think his lettering looks good, but when it comes to like Savage Dragon, we've just been spoiled and and when he went through that phase when he was lettering his own comics, I just
0: it kind of sticks out to me. See I, I reread uh, that particular period here about last summer. I went through I reread one hundred and one through whatever it was current at the time. And I thought mm. I thought, I liked those issues a lot. I mean, it was a weird period for Dragon and for my fandom, because I liked Savage Dragon, but it, to be honest, the, uh, the whole election uh, period, yeah. I had a drag on me, but it really got back, it didn't really, I didn't really get excited about Savage Dragon again until uh, um, back in blue, which is odd, because I was one of the biggest, uh, oh, you're putting him back in the cop uniform, oh no, backsliding. <laughs> totally blew my mind the way he, he, he defied my expectations i'll never distrust eric larson again <laughs>
2: yeah i i think there was a lot going on in that time period too with the election with, with eric kind of taking up his position of image comics as, as a publisher and that's right he was publisher planning, I think they, wasn't he I think it was about that time, and I think it kinda shows, I think he kinda started off in that, you know, let's make Savage Dragon president, but I think it didn't quite work out, and I don't think Eric was into it, and I think it shows. And, you know, hey, you do 175 issues, you're gonna have a few stinkers, you know, I I don't think anyone's perfect enough to to do a whole, you know, entire run with all hits, but, yeah, you know, we we've gotten past that, like you said, with this this new uh, direction with, you know, Kerr and, you know, him joining the force, but not really, and now with Malcolm, I, I
0: think, you know, the book's been as good as it's ever been. Right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It is as good as it's ever been. Every issue I I, I I'm excited whenever a new issue comes out. There are very few comics right now where that's the case. Yeah, I've noticed a new
1: recent tightness in his artwork and his line work and it's i read a response to one of the letters in 175 where he says he's drawing slightly larger and reducing the artwork i think it helps helps the overall look of it because when you draw larger you know you, you spend a little bit more time on it so i can i can tell he's putting the time and effort into the work more
0: well let's uh, let's talk about 175 itself the main story well, we got the cover here, which we've seen for a while. It got, you know, got previewed here like three or four months ago. Yeah. All Dragon, all Flash gordon Oh. And I, if you remember at the time, we
2: still weren't sure if that was Dragon or if that was his other son, Crow. Crow. And yeah. I, yeah, I think we were, you know, it was still kind of like, who is that? Is it really Dragon?
0: And if it's Dragon, is it really him or is his mind going to be erased again That's or what? The thing. Dragon's back. That's the big, the big spoiler. Dragon is back. He is not dead, as we have all thought he was. Well, time travel, timey-wimey. But, you know, it's interesting that he's back after, you know, all the hype, all the hubbub about him being dead. And how, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about it right now. I mean, I love Dragon. I love the character. I mean, he's a great character, and this issue really illustrates why he's a fun character to read. But, I kind of think I wanted him to stay dead for even just a little while longer, or even forever. But that's just me.
1: You know,
2: for me, he's a character I, I love. I love his banter. I love, you know, his voice. I think, you know... Malcolm can get to that point, uh Dragon son Malcolm who the, who the the comics kind of following now, but I think what what was not, I don't know if it's bad for Malcolm, but what happened was you know dragon and Malcolm only started the issue together for what maybe you know a handful of issues before he became Kerr right and then we kind of lost dragon and and Malcolm's just kind of picked it up, and I don't think that Eric really gave the fan base time to warm up to Malcolm as a character I mean we saw you know glimpses here and there so I mean I I thought almost it was the wrong move to kind of just jump so fast into giving him the book I, I think we need a good amount of issues with Dragon still there so people are comfortable with the book with Dragon being there but also kind of letting people warm up to the character of Malcolm let let Eric kind of flush out Malcolm's
0: character let Eric you know well, that's probably yeah, what this last that. story arc was all about with it, because I believe he mentioned somewhere, probably on the forum or somewhere, that he... Oh, or, or no, it was in one of the interviews that I think Gavin did, that, uh... Wait, I got off thought. Um, he, he wanted an entire trade paperback of just Malcolm and Angel, no dragon. And I guess right. that, that might be his way of setting up, uh, establishing Malcolm as a character. Yeah.
2: I, I think it's good. I, I mean, like I said, I, I think it's good that Dragon's back. So, you know, just to get people and in, in his, you know, fan base kind of used to, to Malcolm, but at the same time, keep them happy with having a Dragon story here and there. You know, and then eventually down the line, you could phase Dragon
0: out, you know, and, yeah. and eventually maybe finally kill him. But well, I mean, but, Dragon's but, not actually uh, back yet. I mean, he's out in space right now. He, right. He, he's but, not in Malcolm's life again. He He's still out somewhere else. Right, right. But I think from from
2: a fan's point of view, Dragon's still in the book. Yes. And, you know, we haven't lost him, and we can still follow it, and we can still warm up to Malcolm, and still, you know,
1: give Malcolm a chance. I'm I'm very surprised that he's taking command again of his of his alien race. Like he's, you know, emperor again. He just took the mantle from uh, Kroll. He's like, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm here and I'm taking command. Of course, you got to wonder how exactly. going to
0: react to that, because as we can see, Dr- dragons' methods are a little bit different than the uh, the dragon peoples, whose name I'm forgetting again. The Krillians. The Krillians. Yeah, I think it's interesting
2: because we don't, you know kind of ends on that point and i think is a great way to to end the book now i'm kind of jumping to the end but you know with with dragon saying he's taking control and it just leaves the reader thinking you know how is crow going to react to this is he pissed is he okay with it
0: is he gonna seek revenge in some way or we all know dragon's pretty headstrong too so he's probably going to drag these people into situations they're not going to be totally comfortable in yeah <laughs> i'm surprised the
1: females even have those uh
0: Containers. Those I, elephant trunk. I love that Dragon <laughs> talked about those. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dragon. <laughs> what is this thing? On me?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's But when he puts fun. on
1: the, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I like when he has on the um, the sort of I don't know what to call it. Flash Gordon ish, Gordon ish type of suit when they go down to the planet surface. Right. And he, He's the only one not wearing the uh, the container
0: at that point. Oh, you're right. I didn't see that. <laughs> totally took it off. He's like, oh, I'm not wearing this thing behind a tree. <laughs>
2: uh. Yeah, I guess they are wearing the containers in those little suits, huh? That is funny. I guess he's just not used to it. You know, it's kind of like pissing in a diaper or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It, it's funny though, I mean, you, you look at this issue, I, you know, talk about his, talking about his Flash Gordon little get-up, I want to know who designs their outfits, I mean, they've got some pretty bad color coordination going on there. <laughs> Are the Krillians colorblind, or what's going on, I don't know. I it's like a patriotic America looking thing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's fine. I mean, they got their little, like, kind of battle suits, I guess, when they beam down to planets, and then, you know, I don't know if it's just, like, the royalty that wears those flashy little outfits. Sort of seems that way. Yeah, and then, you know, the rest of the guys, I guess you don't really see much, but they look a little more uh, reserved. It's just funny. It's just it's just interesting to see uh, Eric's kind of choice of little outfits
0: for all these guys. Well, there there, there is the Captain Marvel looking guy. Yeah, what's the deal? What's with that? the deal with him? He's on page. That, uh, who brought? Someone brought that up on the board. He's like he's on page nine. He's just a little tiny background figure, and he's all dressed up as Captain Marvel. Yeah, or Mighty Man, or whatever. He—he's the alien Mighty Man. That—that's my uh, my (laughs) fanon.
2: Yeah. So you wonder if uh, if that's just a
0: out or there's something to it. I'm sure he's just a background throwaway. Gives Eric an excuse to draw uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, he's wearing a cut piece too. So.
2: (laughs) Was uh, was anyone else uh secretly hoping to? find other strange little characters in the background when they looked at that? Or was I the only one? That's the
1: first I've noticed. When <laughs> you pointed it out, I had to go check it out. I was like, wow. Usually I'd catch stuff like that, but not this time. I, actually, I, didn't, I don't remember who pointed it out, but I didn't point it out. The I went back and looked, though. Same panel, there's a guy with big shoulder pads up in the top left corner it's, maybe he's like a warrior type of character or, I don't know
0: I don't know they don't seem like a warrior race they all seem sort of scared of everything yeah hmm don't like confrontations
1: yeah that's why I don't know if Kroll Kroll will put up any kind of fight against Dragon because he's kind of Passive. He doesn't seem to be the type of
0: guy that. Well, he's, so he's a chosen one, right? I mean, uh... I kind of get the sense that the whole point of the chosen one is you got to have at least one guy who's assertive and aggressive. If the catcher's a pacifist.
2: Well, and, and when you look at him, you know, Dragon and Crow are both huge, hulking guys, and it seems like the rest of the, uh, you know, the race are just kind of normal, Joe-looking yeah. dudes. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So um i know you were talking about um in the beginning of the of our podcast about how eric's pencils look tighter and and a lot with this issue and i don't know if you guys read the interview with gavin um and russ i'm sure you have i thought it was interesting when they were talking about how you know eric really kind of had to i get i don't know if you said it in this many words but tighten up the the pencils on Dragon's face to kind of make him look older and differentiate him from Krull. Oh, yeah, you can... It's kind of tough. You've got two guys that look almost identical,
1: but one's younger. Yeah, you can see it in those first few pages. Dragon has yeah. the
0: wrinkles going on and everything. He's showing his age. <laughs> well, I kind of got a wonder about that. With the healing factor he has, you'd think that, you know, he'd heal aging wear and tear. But I guess uh, that might be overthinking it a little too much. Well, I, I mean, I think he still looks... He doesn't look that old, but... Nah.
2: You
1: know, he's... I don't know how old he would be at this point. Maybe late 40s or something? If He's, he's knocking on 50. If he's not already there, he's early 50s maybe? Late 40s? Yeah. Because, wow, what? He been started in 92, and he was 30 then? Is that what Eric uh, said at 30? Something like that, yeah. So he's... <laughs> And he's died a few times, so he's been through... He's been... (laughs) He's seen things, man. (laughs) You come back from the dead a few times, you're going to look... You look look as good as me.
2: (laughs) So, how do do you guys feel about the Dark Lord character? Uh, You guys think he's a friend or foe? I mean, you know, it seems like he's constantly trying to save the planet and Dragon gets in the way and Dragon's convinced that he's a... doer. I mean, he's got way... He, you know, he kills people, and, and he, he does some pretty vicious things to, 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 to get his way, but I mean, is he a good guy, or is he a bad guy?
1: Yeah, there's more to him than this issue helped solidify that a little bit. There's a lot more going on with that character than we
0: ever suspected. I mean, than I ever su- suspected. See, Dark Lord's an interesting character for me because... He's kind of a character from a period of Dragon that I actually haven't read yet. I I read um uh, their first encounter with him with uh, Dark World. I I, mm-hmm. I I finally got through that in the trades, but see, I haven't read the very early earliest. I mean, the end part of uh, the old Image Universe to Savage World transition. I I kind of got a gap there. So Dark Lord plays a pretty good big role in that period, right?
2: Yeah, we got to get you up to speed on that. Those are some amazing
0: <laughs> you guys. Would come out. archives three and four but yeah see and uh so basically dark lord hasn't really been a villain in my time frame with dragons so i don't really know the character extensively but i kind of like him as he's been presented since uh, he came back in the last uh when, when did he when, when did he get revealed it was the very end of the emperor dragon
2: arc yeah. yeah, I mean, he was walking around with a hoodie, and you finally, I think, saw him as, whoa, teenage Dark Lord. I just no. find it
0: interesting that he's with the uh, the, uh, the, the dragon people, since I kind of thought he was going to become a Malcolm antagonist.
2: Yeah, you know, what I'm wondering is, is he have something to do? I mean, did he bring Dragon, Dragon back to life to set him up as a leader to be kind of like a pawn in his mm-hmm. game? You know, is, is he got some kind of something going on? He's the kind of character that, he, you know, we really don't know much about him. We know there's multiple entities. We don't fully
0: grasped his powers we well, could talk to himself between alternate realities I believe that's how they set up the whole savage world thing is one of them sacrificed himself to get dragon out of the way
2: right and what's his you know what's his goal you know at first we thought it was to save you know Doc world but now you know what is he doing on a Karelian ship way out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. why is he out there what's his purpose?
0: There's definitely a big question mark. I mean, he killed Dragon and said because Dragon was a disruptive influence in the passage of time, you know, he keeps destroying the world over and over again. He's very, very bad for us. But then he brings it back to life. What's the deal?
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, if if you look, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think, you know, when we first saw him, he was replacing, you know, our world with Dark World to, to save Dark World, and then you know, it came out that you know he he was trying to save the planet from Universo at one point, point. Mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's any other. That's kind of did
0: did didn't he specifically bring our dragon to the Savage World to be there when Universo showed up?
2: I yeah, it sounds about right. You know,
0: I, I'd have to go back and look, but that sounds right. Or to or to stop Sebastian Shaw and uh, not Shaw, sorry, wrong character. <laughs> stop Cyberface. And then stop Universal. I mean, I swear there was something there about that, but I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. But like I
2: said, we, we don't we don't really know much about Doc Lord. For as many issues as he's been in, we still don't really know if he's actually a good guy or a bad guy,
0: or you know, at some w- has gotta come back in time and become his old self, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go fight uh, super tough.
1: <laughs> yeah the whole Tuesday Thursday page just gave me a headache and I had to read it over and over and over to try to get a grasp on what was <laughs> going on here
2: yeah you know I didn't particularly enjoy that honestly um, I think it
0: raised more questions than answered
2: I know uh, yeah I mean I don't think there's an easy way to kind of explain it other than to go through that but yeah. I
0: guess the question is is this the same Dark Lord who killed Dragon or is it a different Dark Lord I guess that's... I still don't think that's been answered, clearly. This is, I thought, the
2: Dark Lord that, before he killed Dragon, he says he's <laughs> Tuesday's Dark Lord or something. I don't know. I You know, it just hurts my head to talk about it. I, the one thing I... I time really, travel, what you gonna do? Yeah, you know, sometimes I wish that Eric never dealt with the time travel alternate reality thing, because it does give a bunch of headaches, but yeah,
1: you know, sort of but it is, it is what it is. Yeah, the glitches in my memory over the history of the book—that's the main, my main point of contention. That's where I sort of drop off—is the whole time travel and the whole like, realities, realities, and I just lose.
0: Like, was dark just was dark world an alternate reality, or what was that about?
1: <laughs> Who even knows? Because yeah. because they flew home in the spaceship. All I know is, this next issue, I believe we're going to get some kind of resolution as to who this new Overlord is.
0: Oh man, I hope uh, I hope I, I hope my theory's right. I'm not going to spell it out because I know some people don't like speculation. <laughs>
1: I have I gave up a long time ago trying to figure out who it might be or or what. But. I mean, I'm going to come out and say that.
2: I know Eric kind of gave hints that it might be Powerhouse, but I don't think it is because see, he's
0: given hints. I don't think it's Powerhouse, th- because... I think Eric wants us to believe it is. Eh, I, see, even when... see, but they were in the same room together. I mean, yeah, you can have robot armor, but that seems convoluted. Why, why did we see Overlord recruiting Powerhouse Yeah, if he's Powerhouse?
2: Well, I I think that's what Eric wants us to think that he's trying to trick us. Eric is a master, I think, of kind of playing these games and like leading you in one direction and and totally surprising you by the outcome. He's totally <laughs> dead guys, really. Wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> but you you know a lot of things like you know this this is not the first time he's done this. I mean, you look at issue fifty when you know uh, Fonte and all that when 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 Dragon disintegrated into. William's arms, and, you know, Eric found a way to bring him back, you know, you just, you constantly wonder how, you know, Eric's gonna bring Dragon back, or, you know, how he's gonna reveal this character to be whoever it is, you know, and that's the fun part about this book, I love guessing who over- Yeah. yeah.
0: And then once you find out, you're like, wow, you know, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm sure, I mean, if we do get a full reveal on Overlord, I'm sure it's going to blow our minds.
2: I remember, I mean, if you go as far back as, like, when Mighty Man was, you know, way, way back, you know, we're talking about the first ten issues and everyone was like, who is Mighty Man? Was that a big question back back then? Is that a big mystery? Yeah, I was like, is it Sam Hayes, the reporter? Because, you know, Sam Hayes spells out Shazam or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, it, it was just fun trying to, like, guess who it was, and never in a million years did I think it was the nurse, you know, Nurse Ann.
0: That's interesting. I've always known, known it was Nurse Ann.
1: Right, yeah. right. The blurb at the end of the letter column of 175 for the next issue is just simply, Overlord. So, and the cover, that's what, sort of an homage cover to one of his earlier covers with Malcolm's reflection in Overlord's mask. Yeah. What did, um... 17, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it makes me wonder if we're going to see any, uh, Dragon in that issue, if it's going to go right back to an all-Malcolm issue.
0: Well, the, uh, the latest solicitation has Dragon and Malcolm on the cover, right? Facing down all of Vanguard's alien foes. Right. I bet, I bet that's a misleading cover. I, I so, someone said that that was, you know, it was probably the same situation as the 101 cover with Malcolm and Dragon with a back-to-back, but they never actually meet the issue. Yeah, didn't he
2: write on the be- on the top of that comic like the most misleading cover ever or something like
0: that? Right, Yeah. You know, it was it was 103. And yeah, our most misleading cover ever. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's not for a future issue? Like
1: 178 or 79 or something.
0: What's that? Um with Dragon and Malcolm so Pe- about the? 179 cover's it got Dragon Malcolm and uh eighth oh, okay. cover. But what we're saying, it's, it strikes me as reminiscent of uh, issue 103 that had Dragon and Malcolm on the cover as well, but they never actually met each other right. in the story. Okay. Okay.
2: I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think Dragon will be back. I think, I, I'm going to say I think that's going to be actually Dragon and Malcolm together. Yeah, I, bet I is- I'm, Yeah. I'm kind of hoping it is, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> What did you guys think of uh, the Vanguard story? Vanguard, in yes. First of all, I think that cover is amazing. Yes, it is very, very good cover. I've uh, I've really enjoyed the Vanguard story. I like seeing Frank Fosco draw other characters than just the, you know, the Rock House Diner guys. And it's been a blast to see him draw. Like, in this issue, I think it's some of his best work I've seen. Oh, yeah. The the Universal character just looks incredible. Uh, You know, the the artwork, you know, his pencils and the coloring, they they just
0: did an uh, outstanding job. The only thing is, though, I kind of wish the back cover was upside down and the story was upside down, like all the rest of them. I don't know why they didn't do that. Yeah, I think it just has to do with they had all the other backups, too, in this particular issue. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm just now noticing that. And the other thing they didn't (laughs) do with it is they didn't
2: um, make it look like its own comic by, you know, adding the issue number and the little uh, image box. Yep, it's just like a, it's just a back cover. I'm wondering if that's just because Eric wanted the Savage Dragon
0: cover to face out on the stand. You know, that's probably know. a good point, because my comic shop that I get from online, whenever they sh- ever since the Vanguard story started, they've been shipping me my Savage Dragon comics with the Vanguard story, story facing up.
1: Hmm. Instead of the Savage Dragon story. Yeah, my comic shop's been doing that since the Savage Dragon funnies. Really? And it was <laughs> kind of hard for me to find it on the on the rack. I'm like, where oh there it is. That's that must be it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean
2: I've I, I really enjoyed these Vanguard stories. I think it's pretty cool that they've been kind of instead of making it kind of like an ongoing, continuing serial, which it kind of is, but they, they, they take these stories and they do like, you know, four or five pages. So I think this one might have been six, actually. Um, I'm not sure. Yes, it is six. They they, uh, they wrap it all up in one, you know? I mean, the story's kind of linked together, but they're all wrapped
0: up, you know? Right, there's the ongoing story that Vanguard needs to go home, where he needs to come up with an excuse to not come home. But right, right. all these individual stories that kind of tie into his uh, wrapping things up. And I have to
2: say that um, this issue's story was brilliant, because I was like, what the hell, Universo again? How is this guy still alive? And I'm reading the first page, and I'm like, took, I had to read it twice, because I'm like, is this happening? What's going on? And then I'm like, oh,
0: okay. They're trying <laughs> to fool his you know, race. All I know is lurch in a Hawaiian shirt is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what the issue is with that. Yeah, I have a theory that it might be something to do with Cyberface. Well, Lurch has been screwy forever, so it's about time he's got his own voice. Yeah. Ever since Overlord blew him up the first time, he has been messed up. Right. That's true. Way back. <laughs> that
1: is true. So, the last panel of the vanguard story in this issue is that a female vanguard is that a vanguard lady what's that word I don't know if those were moobs or
2: (laughs) (laughs) nah I think that's a female
1: yeah that's what I was like oh okay I wanna can't wait to see where that goes to see a female of the species yeah it's different I think it will be interesting to see uh... more
2: of him, more of his. Yeah, I don't know how that goes. I mean, he's kind of sent a transmission out saying that you know Earth's destroyed and he's stranded on a moon or on but Jupiter. It's a
0: situation comedy.
2: Yeah, it's it's like you know how are they going to deal with this now? I mean, obviously this person's you know this female is going to come flying by and notice
0: Earth's still there or whatever. So. I, I think it'll be interesting. I look forward to reading more. Of course, I wonder if she's, you know, actually. Well, as we all know, the uh, what, are they, what are they called? What's Vanguard's enemy alien called? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know it comes. From. Yeah, yeah that's the point. Is but didn't they wipe out his entire species? That we that we know, but he doesn't know. So who's she? Where did she come?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was confirmed if the entire species is wiped out or what. But you could be right. I'd have to go back and read it. I don't know what issue that. Yeah, was. it's an interesting point. I mean, it,
0: it might just be a trick. Hmm. Actually, this is the perfect time to con- to uh, c- consult the Dragon Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
2: Glad uh, somebody
0: did it. Yeah, yeah, good story I, I, I've been enjoying these Vanguard backups immensely I'm a huge fan of anthologies Especially serial anthologies Where every story in the book is an ongoing story Because it you know, makes you excited to get the next issue Yeah And uh, the Vanguard backups are perfect playing into that for me Because every issue, new Vanguard story I can get invested in these characters I can get invested in the story It, it, it makes me want to keep reading the story and it's a good way for Eric's characters to get more
2: air time, per se, while not taking up all the, you know, more pages in the normal, you know, the, the main story. Right. So you have to compress everything and try to fit everything in. And, you know, you get other artists to shine. You know, seeing Frank draw pages is awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, he's had a lot of good backup artists that I really enjoy seeing and you know, I, I don't get me wrong, I love the twisted funnies. I like, you know, seeing other stuff like, you know, comic bits, but I really enjoy seeing backups that deal with Savage Dragon related characters Always that meet me. are set in regular time.
0: So yeah, that's Savage uh, Dragon one seventy five. Pretty good comic, eh guys?
1: I like the way it reminded me of the origin issue. Just as far as coloring, I guess the whole him being on the spaceship.
0: Yeah, I mean. think. Speaking of the coloring, bringing up the coloring, you, you raise a good point about the coloring being, you know, similar to the or to the origin issue number zero. Of course, we also had another uh, throwback to that when Kerr made. No, wait, I'm thinking of uh, when Kroll made his first appearance. We right. Had a similar color scheme. Yeah. Well, I think, again, going back to that um, the
2: article that Russ and Gavin put together in their interview with Eric, I think Eric stated that he had to, you know, come up with that color scheme to to impress upon the reader that, you know, they're not on Earth, it's alien. It just puts you in that kind of zone where you're like, oh, this is an alien spaceship, you know, with alien technology and kind of weird color, you know, that that kind of, like, white background that, you know,
0: with a little kind of bubble technology. Yeah, I will say the, the the flat colored backgrounds are a little boring, but they do they are very striking with the characters in front of them. Yeah, right. especially the red. Yeah, the red room. The red room is a really cool room. The the bedroom. I think there's there's enough background detail in that it, it, background drawing detail in that room that makes it feel like a room, whereas mm-hmm. the other rooms sort of feel like you know just big open empty spaces.
2: Which I think is—is is, if you look at that ship, I think what I think Eric is trying to convey that it's a huge ship, you know, with big open areas where you know this race can live on like a planet, you know. But you know, the one thing I'd I'd like to see uh, Eric draw the the spaceship from a different angle for once.
0: Yeah, that that two-page spread. I haven't pulled up other issues to compare, but is he actually redrawing that every time, or is that? I don't know. I don't
2: know, but it looks very similar to like the
0: last two yeah. times. I mean, the whole—I mean, the whole point is that the first page and the two-page spread is supposed to bring us back to the origin issue again. But this is the third time that's happened, so it's yeah. lost its—what uh... What is this all about? Yeah, yeah. Sort of shocked. And
2: if you go back, you know, towards the end, before Dragon gets beamed down on that alien planet, there's another shot of the spaceship. It's a little smaller. But it's pretty much the same angle. It would be nice to see it from a a different angle. You know, it would be
1: interesting
0: just to... Actually, if you go to the scenes, there there is a little (laughs) tiny chip uh, in one of the... uh, when Dragon and his uh, new friend are getting to know each other. (laughs) I just had a thought looking at the two-page spread of the show. Oh, yeah,
1: You're right, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I've always viewed it as flying away from us, like the big globe... Is like the, the the engine or the the propulsion unit. Whoa. But now I'm looking at it, and I'm wondering if the big the big circle is the head of the ship and the rest of it
0: behind it, like the living quarters and you know I could totally see that, especially with that that other angle of the ship I talked about. You could be right about that. Yeah, you know
2: I, I, yeah, I, I yeah Now that you mention it, you know you. I always think
0: thought of it looking at it as it's flying away from us, you know? Yeah.
1: It's
0: like the, and that's it's the way the part. Maybe the back part is what propels it, but they all live inside the big ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. We may never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write a letter on that one. <laughs> there you go. If anyone has their doubts that Dragon is, if he's really back or not, turn to page 2. Twelve. There's, that's confirmation. <laughs> Father. Yeah, that—that's dragon right there. That's, that's...
2: <laughs> I, I just love this issue for all the little <laughs> yeah. dragon kind of one-liners, and you know, he's just like the nerve of that guy. You know, he's yeah. Like... <laughs> so yeah.
0: So, apparently, uh. One seventy-five coming out. Another book came out this week that Eric had a hand in. Crack Comics sixty-three. Little little late. Several decades in the making. <laughs> I can imagine it's a hard book to put together. You know. Yeah, it's 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 got to be a lot of things that come together to put a book like this together.
2: Did you um, notice? In Eric's strip, the Hack O'Hara strip, the mutant guy that he's fighting is very similar to one of the Dimension X guys in the Savage Dragon book. I think, think it's is 173 or 174. Yeah, very recent issue with the underbite and the big, the big T. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a classic look, but it's it's 174. And oh, it's the okay. Only- robot rexes kind of battling these giants, and they look almost exactly like the guy in Hatchel Hatter, and I don't know if that was
0: intentional or what, but it's kind of neat. Yep, you're right. He is, they are very similar. I mean, uh, the one in Dragon is about 20 times as big, but yeah. Was an interesting story, mostly in that it isn't just about Hack O'Hara. The science, the Space Legion shows up at the end. I like the way he just flies off. See you later.
2: (laughs) Yeah, classic, you know, kind of lasting humor. Like, oh, well, sorry, you're screwed, but whatever.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you got your copy on you, but if you look at the second page of the the Hack O'Hara story, you notice how it's got that phantom printing. Yeah. Like the printer messed
2: up. Yeah, it's awesome. I think uh I it almost makes me wish that like uh Eric would have colored the whole book in that like tone, you know like yeah, it looks like
0: i sorry, no, go ahead uh, I get so a point kinda of look like that whoever was doing the stories they uh they decided how to color it, how to yeah, make it look old. I, I think um some of the
2: the artists and teams, and this has been throughout the whole next issue series have kind of missed the point on some of these I think it's awesome to make it kind of look retro maybe they didn't miss the point maybe I just uh, you know pushing my own opinion on it but I like I especially enjoy all the strips that you know where the colorists went out of their way to make the pages look discolored like red torpedo and yeah and uh, even uh, Spitfire Simps comic the Spitfire comic um, Space Legion yeah, Space Legion looks awesome. I, I especially enjoy it when they kind of make the effort to make it look old, you know? But then the, it's like you're supposed to be picking up this comic like it came
0: out, you know, in the Golden Age. Yeah, the Spider and the Captain Triumph and uh, the Clock, is his name? They all look like they were made yesterday.
2: Yeah, yeah, And and... I think all these next-issue comics that have come out have kind of gotten that little sprinkling of half the guys make it look old and half the guys kind of... It just looks like any other comic that came out yesterday. Not to take anything away from some of them, because that, that clock story was pretty damn awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm just a big Alan Weiss fan, so part of the reason, besides picking it up for Eric, is I got it for, you know, Captain Triumph as well.
2: Yeah, and I thought that was an awesome strip. I mean, it... it read, almost felt like I was reading a full-size, like a 20-page comic. I mean, there was a lot to it.
0: And it did feel like it had a golden age feel to the story. I mean, even though the art is fairly clean and modern, the story itself is very old-fashioned.
1: Right, right, definitely. I think it would have helped it look older simply with the color treatment though. It would have, because he's got such a classic you know, drawing style. It's very I don't know. No, it was
2: it I enjoyed it. And you know, the thing that made me chuckle about this was that um I guess uh Captain Triumph was like the original haunt, you know. He's got that same kind of like power as Kirkman and mm-hmm. McFarland's haunt character with you know, his mm. ghost brother, you know, mm. joins with him and become he becomes more powerful and that was something I thought was like an original idea and it turns out, you know, it's been done before but you know, I'm not sure if
0: Kirkman was ever aware of that, but it's just funny that you know. Well, Captain Triumph has appeared before in uh, DC in in a uh, James Robinson's The Golden Age. He was a main character mm. in that story. I'm not sure what the you know quality comics. I'm not. I don't really know anything about that company and what happened to their uh, properties when they eventually folded. I mean, didn't Plastic Man come out of that same group of
2: comics? Yeah, and I think recently on the board. Someone mentioned that, you know, Classic Man might be public domain, but I think Eric said they didn't really want to touch that
0: because it... Well, trademarks and copyrights, or the copyrights may be in public domain, but the trademarks are probably all owned by DC, which means you can't really do anything with the likeness or the name of the character in a marketing right. way.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: the same. That would be like the same thing with Daredevil, where you can't
2: put the name on the cover. You might be able to use them on the inside, but I think Eric just didn't even want to deal with,
0: you know, because classic Man's kind of a popular DC character. Classic Man is probably at least a B-list DC character who, he's appeared in cartoons and other things, so he's fairly money. Yeah. He has value that the lawyers would fight for. Yeah, and it's not worth it just for, you know. Captain Triumph, who cares?
2: (laughs) Uh, I, you know, I think my favorite story in the whole Crack Comics uh, issue was the... um, the red torpedo story I thought was neat yeah I mean it opens up with the story you think this guy's kind of like shipwrecked you think his little submarine's like out of gas or something he's like eating a raw fish you know and then it turns out is that he just loves like just chilling on the in the water and just looks for action because as soon as he kind of like defeats the pirates he just goes back to like sitting on a ship reading Hemingway novel
0: I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, it was really neat. That, that was Frank Fosco, right?
2: Yeah, Fosco. Maybe Larson inked it, or maybe it was the other way around. I don't know. It's
0: more Fosco and Larson.
2: Who's the yeah, I think, I think that's B. Claymore, right? B. Yeah, Claymore, okay.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, Eric definitely inked it.
0: Oh, yeah. I wonder what the next one's going to be. There's been two previous ones, right? I kind of... I don't have them, so I, I need to get them... Has it been two or three? Yeah, this is the third one. This is the third one. Yep. Yeah. What were the other two? I uh, don't have it in front of me, but... I'll have to look them up, because I really need to pick them one,
2: up. One of them had, uh... There's Eric
1: cover with, uh... What the yeah. Oh, the first one had Hercule herculean No, not Hercules. Hercules on the cover. Yeah, Samson. Samson, that—that's it. Samson.
2: And then I don't remember that what was on the cover of the second one, but wasn't the second
0: one didn't that have the Daredevil story in it? That's, that's yes, probably true because that's where he got the interest in Daredevil, right? He was reading all these old Golden Age comics and bringing Daredevil back.
2: Yeah, I think the second one had the, it was the issue with Daredevil where like a bunch of people are burning like a witch at the stake or something and he saves the, the lady and she turns out to be like someone evil or something. But it it was really cool looking, it was kind of scratchy looking and he used the old school colors on it and I just thought it looked neat as hell. It's worth checking out.
0: Yep, sure. I, after I bought this, I, I did realize something. It, it, it's not easy to find Golden Age-sized bags and boards just <laughs> laying around. You still bag and board? You don't? You don't bag and board everything?
1: Ah, uh, i stopped doing that. I can't keep up with doing that anymore.
0: See, I stopped doing that for about two or three years, and I got so many comics that weren't organized that I just had to go through everything I owned, and <laughs> bag and board everything, and it was kind of miserable, but it was also kind of fun, because it let me call a lot of books I didn't want anymore. Yeah. So, you know, it, I don't know, it's good for... I like it for organization purposes. It keeps everything neat. Yeah. I mean, it isn't so much about preserving it for value. It's about preserving it to read, you know, years from yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh... It's easier to flip through in your box, too, when they've got a backboard on it. Yeah, you can thumb through instead right of get your fingers caught up in all the pages all sticking together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I better start doing it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just got st- I, some sticks. I put mine in, uh... The Crack Comics in a
2: magazine-style bag and board. Yeah. You can buy those, like, uh, individually at my comic shop,
0: so... Yeah, I did that with the first two. Yeah, I have lots of magazine boards because I read, uh comics in that format. Uh, so I bag and board them. Right yeah. now they're bagging and the board there. But I, 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 I have this whole series called King City, which I bring up because of the whole uh, Resurrection of Extreme Studios, the new Prophet series. Yeah, that was I've, great. I did King City and that, I, I didn't think I'd be excited about anything but Supreme, but I think I'm more excited about Prophet now.
2: And they gave a long, uh, a long uh, preview of it.
0: It was pretty good. It was pretty good.
2: So yeah, I mean, it's it's about twelve oh six now. Yeah. Been on. I think we've like up.
0: What do you guys think? Think this went well? I think it, I think it went really well. Very,
1: very. I th- fun to actually talk with other Savage Dragon fans because I'm the only person I know, out of a multitude of friends that are comic fans and collectors and.
0: I'm like the only one in my area, and always have been. That <laughs> I'm they want to read Savage Dragon at my store. They don't even buy copies for the shelf anymore. It's just me. Dang. It is bad. <laughs> I do everything I can, but it's not enough. All right. All right. Yeah, it's tough. It's you
2: know, comics just aren't selling like they used to and too.
0: So. And it's a tough sell comic because I mean. It's a book where continuity matters, and it's a book that is on good, long It's had a good long run. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as we love the fact that it is a long running book, and it's still, you know, it's 175, that is no mean feat. But it is daunting to certain people. Yeah, I can see why. But at the same time, I don't really want to cater to those people, because that's not what Savage Dragon's about. Uh, it's
2: it's funny too. I was just looking at like the sales chart for like last month, and when you look at like issue numbering now with DC all at you know issue two okay. and three, there's not many comics out there that are over issue twenty. You know, you got you got the Marvel bunch of Marvel comics, but a lot of those too are They're you know low numbered. So, it's funny to see, like, a book like Savage Dragon or Invincible with, like, these high numbers compared to, like, long-standing Marvel and DC characters. Well,
0: even this week, Usagi Ujimbo 141 came out, which is technically the 200th issue of Usagi Ujimbo, but Mm -hmm. still, it's 141 issues of this series, which is a very high number. Right. It's almost uh, issue 150. I mean, it's almost caught up to Savage Dragon, and that could well happen, because... I mean that book's pretty timely. It comes out relatively monthly. Hmm. Definitely. But if we keep getting two week, uh, two issues within three weeks of each other, I mean, Inside His yeah. Dragon. I mean, yeah, that was that was a good turnaround. Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. Of course, that wasn't really intended because if I remember correctly, one seventy four got a bad barcode and they had to rebag all the book. Yeah. Two weeks late. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, I mean. The only series I have that have high numbers are Usagi Jimbo. Fables is at 110 now. Uh, 2000 AD is at 1750, which is, uh, probably doesn't count as it's weekly.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know what, I'd like to do in the future. It would be nice to, uh, we continue to do these podcasts. Yeah. Maybe one podcast, try to convince Eric to jump on. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. We get Eric. I'm thinking, uh, especially if we do it at 11, I don't, you know, California time. It'd be early enough,
0: probably, for him. I 8 mean, yeah. o'clock at night, maybe. Yeah, I think, you know, we could convince him to do at least one. I and mean, there's other people, too. I mean, uh, I bet Frank Fosco wants to talk about Vanguard.
1: Yeah,
2: that'd be awesome to do, like, you know, try to get, uh, like, uh, Savage Dragon related guest every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's let's take it, yeah, I guess, one at a time and see how it goes. Yeah, I'm uh,
0: I'm gonna get the hopefully this thing recorded properly because if it didn't, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> uh, but uh, it shouldn't take me too much to you know turn it into a file, and I've got hosting for it, so hopefully I'll have it up on the forum by t- the end of tonight. That'd be awesome and then I'll probably post it on CBR and wherever else I think it's relevant and see what happens. Cool. Sounds good. All right, then, I think we're going to wrap it up for tonight. This was uh, Savage, uh, this was the Savage Finn, sorry, I messed up. <laughs> to, uh, edit that out. <laughs> no, no, leave it, leave it. This is, this is the Savage Finn cast uh, signing off.